0: Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, and welcome to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On podcast network Richard Morn with you going to be bringing you today part 2 of our two episode interview with Jose Romero of course the co-author of the breaking story alongside Craig Harris uh, regarding Mitchell Miller and his checkered past you can go back and check out part uh, 1 of that interview it was up on Tuesday and of course our initial breakdown of the story which was on Monday today of course wednesday october 28th we're going to get right into the interview with jose but before we do let's uh let's take our first break here on lockdown cuties let just get it out of the way first and then we'll get right into that interview big long commercial free segment with jose coming up don't go anywhere today's episode is brought to you by built bar built bar is a protein bar that tastes like candy go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on you'll get 20 percent off your next order all right, we are joined now for part two of our uh, episode with Jose Romero talking about the story in the Arizona Republic uh, co-authored by him and uh, along with Craig Harris, of course, about Mitchell Miller uh, in the past. You can go back and check out episode one that was on Tuesday. Uh, we heard talking with Jose about some of the other aspects of this, and, and one in particular, Jose, that that I find very interesting is – The notion, and 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 I think this might be a circumstantial notion, but the notion that because the Coyotes were having such a dearth of draft picks in this draft, this was literally their first pick they made in the fourth round was Mitchell Miller. That perhaps they were a little bit more willing to overlook and uh, you know sort of compromise with his pass to get a player that might have been above fourth round value. Did you did you ever get that sense that maybe that that it motivated them a little bit more to make this particular selection because they really didn't have hardly any picks in this draft?
1: I didn't really get that sense. I don't I mean, you know, you kind of look at it on the surface um for me in covering my first NHL draft, this was, you know, this was the choice, this was the guy they picked in the fourth round and you're thinking, "Hey, they must they must know what they're doing. They must know, you know, something" about this player um, that really stood out to them. So uh, I don't know that, that you know, they, they felt like they needed, or I, it's hard for me to say, I guess, that, that I think that they wanted to go out there and make a splash, you know, by picking him with the first pick that they had, um, because I really didn't know too much about him. So, and of course, this, these other, these details came to light later, and then you start to wonder, you know, then, you, then I find out, uh, from my reporting that he was rated as a higher prospect and by at least some people. So, um, you know, it, it, I, what, what interested me was just the, um, the draft that Bill Armstrong wasn't running the draft. And so, um, you know, somebody had to make that call. And, um, you know, who knows what the discussions were like in the, in the offices, you know, in the draft room when trying to make that call. Um, but it was done, nevertheless. I don't like I said. I didn't really think about you know where he projected to be in the draft. I think I was more consumed with just trying to find out at least something about him hockey wise, so I could share with the readers.
0: Right, and of course we know because of your reporting that NH- NHL teams were aware uh, of Mitchell Miller, the incident. Of course, that we're referencing, you can go and read about it. azcentral.com, dot com. Mitchell Miller four years ago admitting. Uh, essentially, to bullying and taunting a uh, mentally disabled black teenager uh, back in Ohio, where he is from, um, now going to be going to the University of North Dakota, of course, and with hopes of of potentially joining uh, the coyotes at the NHL level at some point in his hockey career. Um, Jose, during your reporting of this story, did you did you ever get a real sense for Mitchell's contrition? for these actions. I know you referenced, uh, you know, you, you had, uh, sourced out, uh, the, the mother of the victim. Um, did you ever get a sense for Mitchell's contrition and, and perhaps the, the efforts or, or lack thereof that he made, uh, to personally apologize and, 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 atone for what he did? What was your sense there?
1: I don't, I mean, from everything that I heard and read and came up with it, did not seem to me that he was contrite enough, i guess is the right way to put it that maybe he was not contrite enough to um you know to satisfy the victim and his family um and i you know I haven't heard any anyone say you know yes, he profusely apologized um you know yes, he, he is very very he regrets this immensely and and, and it vows not to uh you know you know what I'm saying? So he's not, yeah. I, I didn't get the sense that, that he was remorseful enough, I guess. And you start to wonder, it's like, you know, that behavior just didn't seem right. Um, it seems like uh, it seems like it was something that, that he tried to to dismiss and sweep under the rug. But as we know, you know, these things come to light, you know, later in life. So you, you never really can get away from it. And I think, you know, as much as I, I spoke to his youth coach, his juniors coach from Tri City Storm, and the coach uh, Anthony Noreen had a lot of really good things to say about Mitchell Miller. Um, spoke of him glowingly as a human being who has changed, who has grown. That's fair. You know, he's coached the kid. He's known him with his. He traded for him with another USHL team. He worked with him in the USA Hockey developmental program. So uh, there is knowledge there. So you, you have to take those comments and you have to you know, accept them and make them part of the story to balance out the story and make it more fair. But at the same time, where Mitchell Miller may have changed over four years and become a better human being, I think at that point in life, maybe he wasn't remorseful enough.
0: What was the most, uh, I guess I would say shocking or you know really difficult part of this for you because there were so many points reading this story where I just kind of, I think I audibly gasped from the, the urinal incident to uh, the verbal taunting with racial slurs uh, to the words um, from the family about that lack of contrition we were talking about uh, from, of course the, the team's comments, which really shocked me. Javier's comments really shocked me. And I talked about that a lot last episode, but what was the most difficult part for you, and, and maybe what was the part of, of reporting that that kind of challenged you in that way to 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 make you feel that you know this was this was pretty heinous was there, did you ever kind of experience that uh, along the way while reporting the story?
1: Well, I think you know as human beings, we can't help but but feel something when you read these details, when you read about you know the things that, that Isaiah had to go through um you know, you, you can't help it. It's human nature. Um, you know, the the incident with the urinal and the lollipop, the, can- the piece of candy, uh, you know, that was, that got me. Um, that was, that really stood out to me. Uh, it's just something like even just the imagery and just picturing somebody doing that to someone else is just completely, you know, how, why? And, um, I think above that, though, for me, just uh, the, the imagery of what Isaiah at age 18 now and kind of, you know, building his own life and becoming an adult, uh, the, the sense that he still has to deal with this, that this is still uh, really heavy on his mind, heavy in his heart, um, that he still kind of carries this with him every day. And um, and that's the part that I, you know, reading that part and just seeing how, uh, first of all, the, the young man was very courageous to even, to even discuss, you know, mm-hmm. for the record. And um, to even have to, to, to have to relive those kind of details must be just excruciating. And, uh, and to his credit, he did. And that's the part that struck me, you know, how many times will he have to retell this story? How many times will he have to, to relive this that he probably already does in his own mind every day?
0: Was there? I guess in 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 speaking with Isaiah, it really seemed as though uh, both he and his family were very surprised when they saw Miller being selected. Obviously, because they they had all of this knowledge, they uh, were obviously all too aware of of what had transpired in the past. Um, what was your sense there? Clearly, they were they were very surprised to to see Mitchell Miller being drafted um, at a time when this incident really was was not really known by by many people clearly was known by NHL teams but um you know this this reporting that you and Craig did kind of brought the story to light and I know a lot of it's picking up a lot of national attention really the 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 lion's share of the public wasn't aware of this so you you're seeing the family there very surprised that he was drafted it sort of makes me think of some other athletes and other uh sports prospects in the past that have been sort of involved in in scandals such as these that that have been drafted but generally speaking we almost always know about it before the draft. And it's always a big question. Where is this player going to get drafted? Are they going to get drafted? I remember, I can't remember the top of my name, but there was an Oregon State pitcher um, a few years back. And it was all about, you know, is this player going to get drafted? Is he not going to get drafted? And he wasn't. And it was a big, it was a big story. It was a big deal because we all knew uh, about what had happened in his past, but we didn't know about this. Really, the general public didn't know about this until you and, and Craig did this reporting. So do you feel like we would have all been as surprised as Isaiah and his family had we known had we known that the details of the story
1: beforehand? Yeah, I mean, you know, just if you kind of put yourself in their shoes, which is very difficult, but just imagine, you know, sitting on the couch or or, you know, maybe I'm sure they maybe weren't even watching the draft. But um but you know you, you get wind of the fact that you know the kid who tormented, you know, your son or your brother or whomever is drafted into the NHL and has a you know bright future ahead of him in the sport, et cetera. Getting an education at North Dakota, and you see that, and just imagine you know the feeling that they must have had. Um, you know, it was it was portrayed out there in the story as, as Craig reported, as Craig wrote that part. So, um, yeah, I mean this this is just uh, I guess I, I think about you know the times in which we live now. Things have changed so much and these types of stories, especially when they involve a uh, race as this one does, you know, just, it really, really brings it out into an, an even brighter light. And, um, you know, I, I'm not, re- not uh, surprised at all of the reader response and, and the response that, that readers have, you know, people have made to this story. I can totally understand some Coyotes fans' uh, disappointment and anger Um, I can also see, you know, the other side of people saying he was 14. You know, you got to give the kid a chance. I mean, you want to believe that everybody deserves a second chance, but at the same time, you know, something like this just will probably never go away for Mitchell Miller.
0: All right, well, Jose and I will put a bow on things when we come back. One more break here on Locked on Coyotes, then we're right back. Oh, yeah. You guys know it. We're talking about the Improved Built Bar, even deliciouser. My favorite cookies and cream, guys. It is so good. A protein bar that tastes like candy, but guess what? It is healthy. That's right. Low calorie, low sugar, but high protein and high fiber, guys. This thing is so good. Good and right now, for limited time, only a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Only going to last a little bit, so make sure you get on it and go to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on, and you can get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on for 20% off at built bar. Guys, I am telling you, you have to get. On this, look at the flavor profile for my favorite go to cookies and cream 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. How can you go wrong, guys? Once again, 20% off at builtbar.com. When you use that promo code locked on, you gotta do it. All right, we are back here on Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Jose Romero, the Arizona Coyotes beat writer. For the Arizona Republic, joining us here for right at the end of part two, a uh, two-part episode focusing on uh, the story on accentral.com that he co-authored with Craig Harris about Mitchell Miller in uh, his admission to uh, bullying and taunting a uh, disabled black teen four years ago uh, back in his native Ohio. So, Jose, to kind of put a pin in this, where do where does everybody go from here? Where, where does Mitchell Miller go from here? Where do the coyotes go from here? What are the next steps in your mind that everybody should take? Um, I guess definitely keeping in mind everything that's going on and uh, you know the the climate uh, of our culture today and and really how much. How much more we're, we're paying attention to these things maybe than than we should have been in the past, and and obviously we, we need to shed a light on on things such as these. But where does everybody go from here? what What are the steps that all the parties need to take next in your mind?
1: Well, the first thing I want to say is that I you know the coyotes deserve credit here for um, at least making statements and getting a statement from Mitchell Miller, a statement from Bill Armstrong, a statement from Javier Gutierrez. Um, whether or not, you know, you buy the statements or if, you know, what you read satisfies you as a fan or an observer, that's another matter, but they do deserve some credit for coming out and at least saying something. Um, I think the next steps, number one, there has to be some sort of clause or some sort like character clause or something, uh in it in whatever contract Mitchell Miller signs, there has to be some sort of, um, there has to be something there in selecting him that says, if there's another transgression, you know, that's that. And we move on from you. Um, you know, that you have, you want to believe that there's something in, in there that says you know, that the coyotes have to not, I wouldn't say protect themselves, but that they have told Mitchell Miller, this cannot happen you cannot create this kind of stir you cannot create this kind of controversy you cannot do these actions going forward anything close to it or else we're done with you so i think that's that's kind of where that goes um with him with the organization you know there's uh, some damage control to do but i think you know that's something they're probably used to right now so uh you know you have to just they, they have to continue to make things Uh, right not necessarily make things right but just continue to put on a good face in the community continue to uh to do what javier gutierrez is trying to do out there these days um just foster goodwill in the community um you know i don't know how many you know who knows how this story will affect you know season ticket holders or will affect you know the paying customers but I have to believe that, you know, if you go out there and talk the talk and walk the walk, that, you know, people are going to, people are going to follow you. People are going to buy in. Um, there's obviously going to be some effect from this. But the Coyotes still have a chance to, to do some good here. But it starts with making sure that they back up what was in Javier Gutierrez's statement about, you know, following up with Mitchell Miller, was sticking with him, believing in him. Um, helping him out if needed, being there to watch over him. And that, that was one of the things that I got in my reporting from the draft analyst, Chris Peters. You know, he was saying that, um, that he feels like being drafted to an NHL team and being put into a position where he's now – Mitchell Miller is now into a position where he's going to have people watching over him at all times. He's going to have that at the uh, junior level, a coach, you know, the coaches, the administrators – At every level of uh, of hockey that where he ends up, Um, so in that sense that there is some stability provided for him that should help him out. Um, But yeah, I mean the where this goes from here, you know, for the Coyotes' sake, they still have an opportunity here to to do things better, to do things right, to maybe not necessarily make people forget about this, but at least you know um build the product, build the game, and um and build those fan build that fan base.
0: Well wherever it does go from here, we obviously know that you will keep us abreast of, of all things coyotes. Uh correct me if I wrong me. So you're you're on Twitter, you're at Jose M Romero, is that right?
1: Romero Jose M. Yeah.
0: Romero, I, I, I was so close, man. I was so close. I was so close. So you you can obviously follow Jose over there on Twitter. Uh, azcentral.com. If you want to read the story, and uh, you know, definitely keep up with with all of Jose's reporting. He's done a fantastic job. And I guess my my kind of final thought on all of this is, it just seemed it seemed odd that the Coyotes, presumably knowing about Mitchell Miller's history, would make this selection, knowing the kind of backlash that they would get. And the only logical explanation I can come up with is that they were so desperate for talent out of this draft that they said F it, we have to draft this kid regardless of the kind of blowback we're going to get because we are at such a dearth of draft picks but at the same time is it worth all of this blowback you're getting? You and I have just spent, you know, how much time hashing over this issue and how many other people are are doing the same and really talking about what is what is not a good story" Uh, for the Coyotes right now, and not a good story for Mitchell Miller as well. Uh, th- those are kind of my initial and really, I guess my my kind of final thoughts on it. Just kind of trying to put the pieces together on it. Um, I guess, I guess for you, now that this has, now that the story has been out there, do you feel any differently about what you had reported and about the information that you received? Seeing people's reactions to it, or is it pretty much what you expected?
1: That's what I expected. I mean, you know, you can't you can't go into this and, and commit to it, a project like this and, and not expect there to be a lot of passionate, angry uh, people reacting the way they did. Um, you know, uh, Mitchell Miller is a defenseman with sort of a forward mentality, and I think that sort of plays well into what uh, Bill Armstrong is trying to build. You know, scrappy, tough guys, tougher guys, you know, maybe Mitchell Miller doesn't have the size of some of the uh, some of the other guys who were drafted, but someone that they feel they can mold into the type of player that Bill Armstrong wants on the team, you know, and Mitchell Miller, hopefully, is a guy who's saying to himself right now, I'm going to do everything I can to, to bust my butt and work as hard as I can to To keep progressing and rising through the ranks and getting up to the NHL, and I won't take anything for granted. Um, Hopefully, that's what he's saying to himself on an everyday basis. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to to follow his progress and what he does and what happens with him. And um, you just you hope that he was young when it happened. You just hope that things that he has changed but you never ever forget what the family has had to do with what the family's had to go through. And, uh, and that's kind of first and foremost, you know, there's a family here that's been really affected by this. And and that's where thoughts go.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jose, thanks so much for joining us here and, uh, and, and telling us, you know, the, the inner workings of the story and, and giving us your expertise. We really do appreciate it, my man.
1: No problem, Rick. Good luck to good luck on everything. And, I uh, hope I see you again soon, man.
0: All right, YouTube, my man. All right, that's going to be all for today's episode of Lockdown Coyotes. We'll be right back tomorrow. Until then, see ya.